Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 17, the final one of the season. It's the best Scott beat. Please come in. Walsall reporter for the final time of 2021-2022, Mr. Joe Edwards! <laughs> Hello! Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. I think it's actually been three weeks. We were we were supposed to kind of do one last week, but yeah. we thought with um, there were lot there was lots going on last week. So um, and look, the season's finished now. So I thought we could we can bring it to a crescendo today. Keep the peeps waiting, and yeah. uh, and, and there's a lot to talk about, mate. But how how are you? How are you after after yesterday? We've just been discussing off there with a little little uh, charity game um, in memory of, of course, the the excellent sports reporter journalist who many people know on this patch. Uh, Nigel Pearson. It was yes. a it was a media game um, with the kind of basically like the Express and Star media. Uh, Mr. Joe Massey, who people will remember, former Warsaw reporter, Mr. Joe Massey, um, put together, and there was basically half of us and half of other people in the area against the West Brom media team at the Hawthorns. And yep. I've got to say, I've got to say, a, a win for the underdogs, which was us, <laughs> eight to six. Yeah. And uh, there was a useful guy on the pitch named Jay Edwards, uh, who scored a brace and, and was up there for a man of the match. I've got to hand it to you, mate. A, a cracking game. Well, that Jay Edwards, oh, mm. you know, he, he's, he's okay. He's all I think, right. I think he's got potential, that lad, you know he's, what I mean? He's um, got, a, got a couple of blisters on his feet um, this, this morning. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was, um, that was New Balance football boots. Um I've, I've been wearing them for five aside, but then kind of forgot that if I wear them for any more than about half an hour, then they proper kill. Yes. Um, and probably played about 70 minutes, didn't I, give or take, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so, needed as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't and, have played any less, mate. We needed you out there. Um, but, yeah, got a couple of goals. Um, did. One at the... Uh, the Birmingham Road end, and then I, I don't know what the, the other one is called, to be honest, off the top of my head. But scored no, at both ends. And um, to be fair, I think getting ahead of me for the Man of the Match award is uh, Alex Dickin from the Birmingham Mail, who is mm. who is actually a Walsall fan. So is he? He is, yeah. I didn't know. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't because obviously you know we know him pretty well, but yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't. Yeah, he, he you came never from, know that a Walsall yeah, yeah. fan, really. Yeah, he's a Walsall yeah. fan. Yeah, so he, he goes in his spare time. Wow, he does. Yeah, so oh. Walsall fan, good, good lad. Alex Dickin got four. Mm. I got two. Yeah, and uh, Greg Evans, the oh, Aston Villa uh, reporter, Aston Villa reporter for the Athletic, got uh, a couple as well. Um, Luke Hatfield played for Albion, who some of the listeners may mm, remember mm. from his ENS yeah, days. Yeah, I think he's done a few few hosting of these podcasts. He has, the years. I, yeah, I think yeah. he has, and he scored a hat trick, I believe, mm. for Albion. But uh, his efforts were in vain because yes. we uh, we put put the uh, the old baggies to the proverbial sword. Uh, and, as, uh, as they have, I mean. Really, yeah, yeah, it's been in keeping with the, yeah, in keeping with the rest of the season at the Orphans, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was good because it was good to have a good competitive game, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. Because we were a little bit worried that yeah, there might be a few ringers in the Albion team. Yeah, there might be. There was talk of Chris Bruns playing at one mm. stage, um, but I, the date got moved, and I think he was on holiday this week. So that we needed that. That that, that helped us. Um, Andy Johnson played for them 
Um, but luckily, he was the only former pro because I, some of the guys were saying that the ones before they'd had Darren Moore, Dean Kiley, Christ. like you know, proper all guns blazing. And, yeah. Um, considering the team we put out yesterday, as you said off air, it was kind of a bunch of misfits, to be honest. <laughs> <It was. laughs> I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's a Marvel superhero movie about that, the misfits or something like that. But, I mean, you look to the state of us, as I'm sure some of us would have probably tweeted some of the, the photographs the other day. I mean, it does look like the, the, odd, the odd bunch. Yeah, uh, misfits in action. So, mm. um, yeah, we, um, but we got the job done. And we did get the job done. Good game. It went to 6-6 six, six, and then got the 7th and got the 8th to win it late on. So um, all, all good fun. But uh, yeah, the uh, the old heels and the, the legs and basically the whole body is uh, a bit worse for wear today. Oh, you love to see it though, mate. I, I must admit, <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit worried. Um, I've, uh, I was a little bit... So on Sunday night, um, I... Well, it's good. Alana's finished a little mix tour now, so it finished Indeed, on, uh, finished yeah. on Saturday in the old London. So, um, so I went to the old O2 down there um, to go and help her on the Saturday night. I had a few drinks on the Saturday night, but I couldn't have too many because Wolves played Norwich on the Sunday. So, yes, they had their main kind of like official leaving party the next day, which I could have really done without. So, nine a.m. I've got to get up, not feeling great. Couple of uh, sambukas had and a few glasses of wine and stuff, but nothing crazy on the Saturday night. Sunday, get the train at nine a.m. to Wolverhampton. Game uh, train cancelled, so I've got to get another one. Uh, three changes, get to Wolves, do the game. One one, terrible. Train cancelled on the way back um, to the extent where I had eleven minutes or no nine minutes from outside Molyneux to run to the station to get the, another train. Uh, so I got there dripping with about a minute to spare <laughs> with all my bags on there um got back straight out again for the um the, the big shindig in, in it was it was Leicester Square like a huge party with all the cast and crew and lots of fun lots of um tequila drank yeah, and I'm not, there mate yeah. at started at nine o'clock on a Sunday night I left the club got out on Monday morning yeah at 5.45 a.m. Wow. 5.45 a.m. The sun's coming up. I'm in Piccadilly Circus, absolutely wasted, wandering around, trying to flag a taxi. <sighs> I mean, it's astonishing. I don't know how I did it, mate. And I'm not one to drink, as people know, on this no, podcast. You, you, you're not. And I, can, and I will vouch for that yes. as well. Yeah. Um, I had about 15 shots of tequila, plus tequila sodas all night. Um, it was one of those where um, obviously I don't know everybody there. I know some of the dancers and the girls and obviously Alana works in them um, so it was one of those where you don't want to chat to them all night because you you need the husband of one of the you know your wife who, who knows them but you don't want to sit in the corner either so yeah. I need a few drinks to kind of like chat to people because otherwise you're a bit awkward yeah Dutch courage yeah do, a little bit of Dutch courage and yeah I just went I just went full Pete Tong mate you know <laughs> by the end of it I'm I'm on a stripper's pole at 3am dancing with bloody um, um, one of the girls and, and one of the bloody um, you know there were a couple of drag race stars there and dancing oh, yeah. and I'm like oh I'm, I'm worming on the stage oh mate it's uh, it was pretty it was pretty grim to be fair to be a Andre Gray the was there on the pole with me, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, should I be, should I be doing this? I'm 41 years old, and on a Sunday night, Monday morning, I've got to be up in three hours. I'm online. Johnny's off ill or off on holiday. Um, I've got to be logged on to Slack. 
So, uh, yeah, it wasn't... Uh, it was interesting. It was interesting, mate. So, anyway, long story short, I then had to drive back up on the Monday after the, after work, feeling horrific, probably still over the limit. And then the missus has started another tour yesterday um, where she's away till bloody November. Um, bloody hell, man. Yeah, I mean, she's back and forth a little bit, but um, she's she started with... Um, Charlie XCX, yeah, um, yeah, some 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 lady singer. Boom, so clap, like, sound of my heart. The beat goes on and on. R- and oh, on and on. okay, okay, yeah. okay. It, that it, it, weird rendition, but no, I, I didn't mind yeah. it, mate. I quite like it read out. So yeah, yeah, there you go. So she's off there, and she's off to Paris next week, and Cannes, and then Glastonbury, and Australia, and Tokyo, and Skegness, and Skeggy, a hundred percent, mate. <laughs> Butlins, yeah, uh, yeah. Bognaregis. And so I got to the game yesterday, and I'm feeling horrific. I'm, I'm feeling not great. So it was nice that I started on the bench. It was nice to, to come on for 60-odd minutes or 70-odd minutes. And uh, and it was just nice to sit back and watch, watch you do your thing, basically. You, honestly, you, you, you surprised me, to be fair, now. For you, you, had, you had a bit... Did, did you hear me... Um, Shout the random Middlesbrough player reference while you were on the ball from the. I project. didn't, mate. I didn't. What did you say? <laughs> you were running down the wing. Oh yeah. And, uh, for the listeners who are unaware, Nathan is, is a Middlesbrough fan. Yeah, I am. And I am. Um, for my sins. But, and um, I just went, Fabio Rockenbach. Oh, Rockenbach! <laughs> Sporting Lisbon, absolutely extraordinary. <laughs> Fabio. Oh dear, I'll, I, take, I'll, I'll take Fabio. I don't know where it, ca- it just suddenly. Ca- I just <laughs> felt like doing it. <laughs> Dreadful for nine games and then scored one thirty-five yard screamer every you know every ten basically. I think did he get a couple in that was it an eight nil drubbing of City? Was it like yes. Eric, Ericsson's last yes, game? Yes, Ben Ericsson's last yeah. game, very good knowledge from you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, stu- but crazy Fabio game. Fabio rocking back. Any, back, feel I'll free to that. send in any more uh, random footballers, <laughs> obscure footballers. <laughs> Don't have to right, minutes, uh, ten minutes in we better talk about uh Warsaw, mate. I think, yes, yeah. Just so I mean look. Okay, uh, I'm not going to talk about the Swindon game because blah. You know. No, look, Swindon, 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 Swindon could be in League One next year. To be honest, I mean, two one apart, they go into that second leg against Port Vale. Um, they they had a lot to play for, and and, and you know, Warsaw didn't, and, and you know, Swindon have definitely scored plenty against Warsaw this season. But you look at the tail end of the season, Joe, sixteenth. So forty played forty six, fifty four points. That's what. 23 points away from making the playoffs. It's a long, long way away. So my my question, I guess, to you, Joe, is it's been a very crazy season and a very difficult one, I'm sure, that you'll have to analyse um, yeah. because so many moving parts in, in players, in management, in, in you know, uh, board level. It's it, But I, I do feel that I'm optimistic, and I will probably say this, optimistic going into this, this new season that they can... You know, when you look at them being 23 points away from the playoffs, which, like I say, is a, is a hell of a long way away, I do feel that regardless of some of the, the, the results that they've had, if they do have a productive summer, that I am I am slightly positive for next year rather than, than maybe, um, maybe pessimistic when you look at that table at the end of the season. Yeah, they've got to, they've got to prove a manager at the level, haven't they? And somebody who excited people coming in and... Without obviously setting the world alight, has shown, it, it, you know, with with the squad that he had to inherit, that that there is a manager there, and with the players that he brings in, should be able to get a tune out of Walsall next season. So, um, yeah, it, it, that has been pleasing. I mean, you mentioned Swindon there. I, I kind of hope they go up in a way. I, mm. I think I think they're a really good team. They're one of the few teams that. Um, 
really kind of impressed me when I watched them. Um, yeah. Though them and Forest Green, really, I didn't really. Obviously, Exeter went up on merit as well, but I didn't blow me away whenever I saw them. But um, I thought Swindon and Forest Green were the two best football playing teams that I, that I'd seen. So, so I, you know, I wish them luck. To be fair, in the playoffs, and I think a lot of fans are as well against Vale. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Walsall, long way off. I mean, the season as a whole, I mean, we've gone over it so many times, but, you know, littered with errors just kind of all over, really. Um, there was a, a a good blog that um, that sums it up, really, but um, the now knobhead policy, which, mm. <laughs> um, mm. which is always a good read. Um, Sadler's a really good um, blog, and... Um, I had a read of that last night and kind of going over in depth for the season and the, the, the rights and the well the wrongs. Um, and I think there was a stat in there of, of kind of in 53 games that Walsall played last season. This Just off the top of my head, this might be wrong, but they'd only scored... They'd, sc- they'd scored just one goal. They failed to score more than one goal in forty-two of them. I think there was, I think there was nine or eleven games where they'd scored more than one goal. So that was quite a standout statistic. Yeah. They'd struggled to score goals consistently all season. Their defensive uh, went from okay to um, absolutely shambolic. We've you know, little in between. Um, the midfield didn't create enough, really, and and it all led to a to a sixteenth place finish. Um, the the one positive thing on, on that uh, point is that yet yeah, while clutching at straws, it does end that trend of finishing lower and lower because Walsall were the only team for five seasons on the bounce to finish lower down the pyramid mm. and obviously if that comes the sixth season having finished 19th in League 2 last um, in 2021 then you would have been really uh, staring staring down the barrel of course Flynn did pull them away from that and you know we were looking at the middle of February and relegation you know wasn't just um, you know kind of um Kind of something that all oh, it might happen if we get something. It was a very realistic possibility at that point. You know, the, the yeah. Walsall were just four points above it on a seven-game losing run. You were wondering where where on earth the next win was going to come from. Yeah. Um, but Flynn had, had overseen an upturn in results and got him, uh, you know, a, a steady base. And while it wasn't always um, pretty and free flowing, it was effective, and they ground out results that. Ultimately led them to 16th. Um, I think they would have, in Flynn's mind, wanted to be a few places higher. I think he wanted to try and sneak into the top half if he could at one point. Mm. Um, but the the old inconsistencies that had been there season long had kind of started to rear their head a little bit again. So we are where we are now, and there's a a, a summer rebuild that's that's in the midst of happening. Um, no new signings announced yet, but there will be pretty soon, I'd imagine. That, I mean, the, the club are adamant that they've got four over the line. Um, so, four new players over the line, five released last week as part of the uh, retain list. Um, discussions with Emmanuel Osadibi ongoing, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with those. But changes afoot at Warsaw, not a huge surprise. We, we've been previewing it previewing it for, for weeks and months haven't we, haven't we now it, it, it was inevitable but um, 
changes are thought and you and you do feel that it will be uh, changed for the better because you know it, it, let's face it that uh, while it wasn't as bad as I guess the season beforehand when there was um, no fans in there last season mm. was this season just gone sorry it was pretty d- dire to be honest for most of it yeah. and um, certainly be hoping for uh, brighter times going into next so with with in terms of of decisions in terms of recruitment for next season. Obviously, no Jamie Fullerton there now. No. So is this is this Michael Flynn having free reign on calling all the shots, all the recruitment, the players that that leave, the players that come in. These are his decisions and his decisions only. Albeit, of course, he's got to you know work out a budget with with, with Lee Pomlet and what they can and can't spend. But this is these are basically his decisions and are going to mould this squad going forward and nobody else's? Pretty much. I mean, he has spoken about that. They have a guy who's, I think his title is Chief Analyst. His name's Jimmy Redfern and he basically said, look, we we don't have Jamie here now, but Jimmy will scout out players and highlight players that they, you know, feels kind of fit the brief and I'll, I'll have a look and we'll, we'll kind of, you know, he, he suggests potential names, but... Mm-hmm. It's Flynn who has the say. It's Flynn yeah. who, 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 you know, he, he might agree with some of these ones that are suggested. But you know, he says then we'll discuss things with the chairman and you know the and things like that. But um, yeah, this is Flynn's this is Flynn's vision really, and Flynn's chance to remodel the squad how he sees fit. Um, this is this is the uh, one of the reasons why Fullerton left because because Flynn wants free reign. He doesn't want to have to be impacted by. Someone who, let's be honest, um, you know, hadn't had the most success in in bringing recruitment or recruitment policy into the club, and that he wanted, you know, he wanted to be his say, he wanted to be yeah. him and him only. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Lee Pomlet last week, and the crowds have gone out today on on kind of Fullerton, and you know, he said that, you know, he said the departure was amicable, and that referred to how the structure of the club now is different, and now we've said, you know, that it it the 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 support that Michael has is different to what Math, they felt Math, Matt Taylor needed when he when he came to the job a, a new head coach taking on his first role in in senior management and now you've got an experienced operator in Flynn and kind of without saying it you know they kind of said well you know Flynn has the capacity to recruit players as he sees fit and we said mm-hmm. it from the from early on didn't we really that um you know Fullerton and you know being as a technical director above Flynn didn't really seem quite um, the right fit really but interestingly it's one that the technical director model is something that Pomlet wants to revisit down the line but um, for now Flynn has has that creative control and um, he will be recruiting players he'll be on the phone to players Um, you know maybe he'll Wayne Atswell, the assistant, will chip in as, as well and be part of conversations. But because um, they, they do work closely together, um, but um, yeah, this is very much um, Flynn's chance to, to 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 stamp his mark on the squad. And we said it a few podcasts ago, but you know, you want to live and die by your own decisions and not pay for what's for what somebody else has done. And um, yeah, this is this is his chance to highlight the players he wants. Yeah, if they work. Brilliant, that's on him. And if they don't work, that's on him. But there's a manager that that, that is the you've got to face the music and take on that responsibility. And um, 
that's something that Flynn embraces. And um, whenever we spoke to him in the final weeks of the season, you could really sense that eagerness to, to just get on the phone and, and, and start making those calls and, and start getting up. And, and I mean, of course, we haven't seen them announced yet, but they, you know, they're adamant they've got four new players mm-hmm. in the bag. And um, you now, if that is the case, you know, that is that is pretty. You know, they've got to work pretty early. So, um, be interesting to see how the rest of the summer pans out, really. Yeah, he does come across, you know, regardless of the win, lose or draw, he's very comfortable in his own skin, yeah. Flynn, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, in, he's good, confident yeah. in, in knows knows what he can he can do, he knows what he can bring to a club. Um, there's a vision there, which I think maybe, you know, in previous regimes, so to speak, that there wasn't quite there. It was more of a hope than a determination, yeah. steely determination. And I think that's what he brings. There's no you don't feel panicky. When you when you when you hear him, when you look at the squad, when you look at the team, when you look at how they're set up, you know you feel like he knows that there's a plan there, so to speak. Now that plan not might might not work out from from time to time, but at the same you know in, in the same breath, um, I feel like and you've said Joe, he, he knows what it takes to succeed at this level, and I think he's quietly confident of doing that at Walsall. Yeah, and he'll be ruthless as well as as he needs to be. I mean, touching. It's on... good that he's had this period before next season you know when yeah. he's come in and, and assessed and he can get used to the you know it's not like coming at the end of the season okay manager leaves you know you know he, he knows the training ground now he knows what what needs to work he knows his squad he knows his players he knows the hierarchy you know these are these are relationships that sometimes take four to five months to to develop before you know where you are on a day-to-day basis and that, that's almost out the way now that you can really have a good full pre-season going into next year yeah i mean he he wouldn't have been daft coming in. He would have seen, you know, the, the whole point when a club loses his manager, you know, that something isn't right. And he knew not everything would be unky dory coming into Walsall. He knew there would be four points adrift, you know, four points above the relegation zone for a reason. But he's been able to see those reasons firsthand and find out exactly what makes a squad tick, or in, in, in that case, I guess, what didn't make them tick. Um, so he knows now. He's, he, they've had a you know a good amount of time, you know, a, a few months t- at the end of that season to to run the rule and you know the, he released five players. There wasn't any huge shocks in there, mm. but there was a, still a bit of ruthlessness. Um, you know, Jack Rose for, for for many people, and to be fair, I I I like Jack. I thought he did a good job whenever he was called upon. Never any complaints. He looked solid whenever he got a chance. Um, but he didn't get. He got released. Um, Tom Leake is similar, albeit less game time. But again, looked pretty steady whenever he whenever he played, albeit his game time was limited. But again, he was released. And I think a few were were a bit sorry to see those two go. But I think it speaks to the to the ruthlessness of of, of Flynn, and he will make those tough decisions and. And and, that, and, that, and that's what he needs to do because ultimately Warsaw have been in decline for a good few years now, and 16th in League Two isn't where anybody wants to be. So um, I, I, I like I like the way he carries himself, and I, and I do think he'll be um, a manager that can that can you know have powers of persuasion. Um, you know, obviously you want players coming to Warsaw to be attractive, but any any player still needs. A persuasive conversation, especially players who are who are worth their salt, will have will have you know other suitors on the table as well. But I, I'd imagine you know Flynn is pretty good in those conversations, and that he has the you know can really sell the vision of what he wants to do. Also, 
and he's got and he's got the the, tr- the track record to back it up really. So um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think he can attract a good caliber of player. Of course, Walsall we know aren't um, you know going to be the most cash rich club in the league. Um, but equally, you know, an interesting point from my conversation with Lee Pomley, he said the closest comparison I'd make in terms of budget it, for us is Northampton. He says mm. we he says we have the same budget, and Northampton are consistently competing for promotion from League Two. You know, they they just missed out because of the mental happenings of the final final day when. Bristol Rovers picked them to the past, but they've basically been yo-yoing between League One and Two for the last five years now. Yeah, Northampton. So if they can do it, if that is the case and they have the same budget as Walsall, then there's absolutely no reason why Walsall can't. Mm-hmm. So um, you've just got to spend what you've got wisely, and obviously Northampton have done that um, in recent years. And fingers crossed, Walsall can as well, because I do think Flynn. As somebody who knows what he's doing, as a persuasive character, as somebody who you can, you know, he does seem to be a leader of men, and you know, a, you know, somebody who can really kind of, you know, instill players with with confidence and and get them going. Um, you do like to think that can attract good players who can push Walsall, you know, up to those upper reaches of the table. Fingers crossed. So when it comes to budget, and of course that'll always be ongoing, and I'm sure there'll, there's some leeway there. You know, do you feel that he's happy with his budget that he's got? Of course he'll want to push it. Of course he will do. I'm sure every manager will do. And look, maybe for the right player, Walsall might you know put put a little bit more money into the pot. But um, as far as as a budget for next season, do you think that's already been agreed and he's got to stick with that? Um, you know, obviously the, you know the, the release and retain list is not as if they're gonna. You don't, do, well, maybe they might do. You know, do you think that anyone could be sold um, to, to to generate some more money at this stage, or do you feel that all those players who are who are on, currently on contract will be there at the start of next season? Whether players will be sold, uh, in, in, the, the number of saleable assets that they have, I guess, yes, uh, a, not a, lot. a few and far between. Really, I mean, you're looking at the two that are probably you know you'd get a decent fee for. It'd probably be Liam Kinsella and Jack Earing. Um, you'd you'd probably get a, a decent fee for Manny Month, but you know what I mean. It, 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 especially on the back of last season. But the 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 thing that they might do, I mean, obviously as part of the retain list, they they don't say. Well, some clubs do, but Walsall don't, and a lot don't say who is transfer listed. And I'm sure that there'll be a few in their minds where, yeah, they might have a, a year left to run or a, a, a whatever, but if there's a decent offer, even if it's from a club that not necessarily coming in with a with a fee, but they'll take their wages off and there might be some bonuses included or kind of you know some incentives that might land Walsall a bit more cash. I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of that or mm. a kind of a mutual termination of a contract so somebody can go elsewhere, a bit like... How Ash Taylor left six months into a two-year contract at Warsaw. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of them over the summer, to be honest, um, because there are contracted players um, there at the minute. You know, you look at Devante Rodney. He's not had a, a lot. He's not had a good time since coming. Um, Rally many essays. Really struggled since signing a permanent deal. You do wonder whether Brendan Keenan really is kind of position-wise is suited to what. Um, Flynn wants to do long term so there are those are a few examples but there are others as well where you think you know maybe it's not guaranteed so mm. 
I think there is room for manoeuvre there. In terms of the budget as a whole, I think he would have been given certain assurances as to what he's got and what he can work with um, to be attracted to the club in the first place, really. Um, you know, because he was seen as a bit of a coup at the time. And Pomelita said he'll afford him the, the, the highest sensible budget that he can. And, you know, if it, of course that will be stretched by the injuries to Josh Labadee and Connor Wilkinson. Um, there's still the whole Rory Holden situation to sort out as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that does dent on the budget because you don't get um, cover in terms of insurance. I think there'd been a bit of speak on that, but you don't. You just have to kind of, you have to keep lumping the wages, really. You know, you have to keep pa- paying players regardless of whether they're fit or not. So, um that will impact on it, but I'd like to think he has a decent budget to work with. It won't be the top budget in the league, and especially in a league that will have Stockport County in it next season. They'll be coming up and spending big bucks as they have in in the national league, and we'll have to see if um, uh, Wrexham come up as well because they'll they'll be yeah. big spenders as well. But um, bit, of, bit, of, bit of Deadpool at the Bankses. Bit of Deadpool at the Bankses, yeah. <laughs> but it should be, um, it should be a, a, a de- you know, a decent, uh, a decent budget. And as as I say there, you know, if what Lee says there, if they've got the same budget as Northampton, then there's, you know, there's no reason that that they that they can't be up there. Yes, mm. yes, you know, the, the, there'll be bigger, bigger budgets around, but. Um, no, it doesn't always count on budget. You've got to just spend wisely, and fingers crossed they do that this year. Um, you, you touched obviously on the pomlet that you you know you got a, a good interview with Lee. Is there anything else you had to say that you, you felt of, of note that were, that was interesting? I know obviously you, you know you have some some stories coming out in the next few days. I don't want to spoil them, but any teasers or anything that you that you um, took away from the the meeting? Yeah, no, Lee's always you know open and and honest with his time. I mean, I think we sat down for. About 35, 40 minutes. So there was a, a lot discussed, you know, on on pitch, off pitch. Um, obviously, the, the the bits on addressing Fullerton. I mean, he says they're closer to securing the freehold than they ever have been. Um, you know, the pessimists st- will say, yeah, doesn't mean a lot. But did you? Yeah, feel that, that, that but could be, the um, the, the way he spoke about it was, you know. He's always quite determined around that subject, but it did seem like the way his tone of his, you know, his body language, it did seem like, you know, he there is genuinely, you know, edging closer with that. How close that is, you know what I mean? But mm. it did, you know, it is something you can tell that he's been working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the, you know, kind of talking about different bits of trying to improve relationships with local clubs and get more loanies in. I mean, we. I kind of asked him about Louis Barry and playing so well at Swindon, and, and you could kind of sense that his annoyance at that um, that that kind of had happened, and you know why can't a Louis Barry come to Walsall? So I think that is something that they'll be looking to address. Um, but yeah, there's there'll, there'll be a, a fair few more pieces to come out over the next um, you know few days um, talking about budget, you know that and what and what what he you know. Has made of the relationship with Michael Flynn so far, and and um, you know wishing Matt Taylor well as well. You know he's kind of hoping that he comes back into the game and and and, and makes him makes an impact somewhere because you know he, he he does have does still speak very highly of Taylor despite obviously you know ultimately sacking him in in February. Mm. But um, 
Yeah, so interesting conversation and um, have to make for some decent pieces for you, for you to read over the next few days. How have, um, how have you found it, mate? I mean, we talk about you know Flynn and we talk about Pomlet, but obviously first year for first year for you doing doing Warsaw. Uh, do, anything that stood out to you? Anything that you were surprised about or that you you pleasantly enjoyed? I mean, it wasn't the season to to really you know enjoy a bit of a run and hopefully next season you know we get a bit of a sweat when it comes to a you know a, a playoff run or cup yeah, yeah. run or something like that. You know something to you can. You can because I feel like the supporters have been starved of that. You know, I, I understand. You know, you've got all the COVID situation that's happened, but I feel really that they haven't really had something to look forward to, whether it be you know a run at the league or a run at cup for a while. So it would be nice, I guess, to be part of that. But but you know, from what you've seen and what you've done and, and how you approached it, what 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 are your takeaways? I've been really um, taken aback, really, by every nice everyone has been. It's been, honestly, it's been really lovely, like some of the feedback I've had. And, um, you know, just people, you know, I, I, I was at the um, Warsaw Senior Cup final last week and I got talking to a Warsaw, Warsaw fan there and he just came up to me, you know, really appreciate, you know, the, the stuff you've done this season. Just had a good chat with him, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so. Um, but there's been a lot of that. Um, and... Now, the um, doing wars previously, it it comes with the territory or always, and it, it, it's not just wars. It's it, it, you know, it can be any club, but you know, this job you can get a bit bogged down in social media, and especially if you're getting a bit of stick, you know, at times. And unfortunately, it, it didn't grate on me too much, but sometimes you do dwell on it a bit, bit more times than others. And yeah. You know, if you don't oh, you you shit and all, you know what I mean. But <laughs> yeah, I get it all the time. Mate. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, there was a whole section of the podcast dedicated to it, weren't there? Back in the day, abuse of the week. And I got a good, I got, I got a good old on Twitter today. A good old see you next Tuesday today. I'm like, yeah, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Um, and as much as you, you know, laugh it off most of the time, there is certain times where it does great on you. Um, but there has been none of it with Warsaw at all and um, yeah there might be a time when it does come I'm, I'm not ex- you know expecting everybody to agree with everything I say all the time mm. um, but they've had a really n- nice amount of feedback and um, you know, I do hope it'll be in better circumstances next season we'll have a bit more to enjoy um, you know for me to report on for, for, you know for, for fans to just sit back and revel in and enjoy um, but the feedback has been really, really nice. And, you know, the, the fan base is really passionate. You know, of course, the the outright numbers aren't what at Wolves are or what a, what an Albion are or a Villa. You know what I mean? Because that is just the area. But a, a passionate Walsall fan is just, just as passionate about Walsall as a passionate Villa fan is about Villa. And, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and they, they are a fan base who deserve, as you say... Um, something to shout about and uh, they've been really really welcoming and um, you know I I weren't trepidatious because I haven't hidden previously I've been a Wolves fan and you know you know one of the bloody dingles coming you know what I mean I didn't know if there'd be be a bit of that but there are not at all and um, it's it's been it's been really nice and the feedback that we've had not commented about the podcast i've had a few tweets just um you know thanking us for the podcast and just 
just genuinely throughout the season, um, no, it has been really, really nice and really appreciated because, you know, in this job you do put in some, you know, we are very lucky to, to go and cover football when, you, when you're driving down from Barrow on your own after a, a crappy game on a Saturday afternoon. When you're stuck it, in Carlisle with no it, means of transport to get back home. Yeah, it can test it, can't it? can it? test you at times. So, um, that 100k no, that, a year, mate, though, it makes it a little bit easier oh, to swallow. Yeah, that, that, yeah that definitely uh, yeah, <laughs> sweetens it. No, but um, no, that was um, the comments, yeah. Uh, uh, just the nice feedback, um, you know, has been has been really appreciated. It, uh, I, um, yeah, it has been really kind of, yeah, uplifting really and um, yeah. no, I thank everyone for that yeah great stuff uh, right should we get on to well before we get on to questions I want to know who was your who was your I mean awards have gone out uh, I'm sure it's pretty similar <laughs> but who was your who was your player of the season Joe oh it's a, it's a toss up really because I, I, I with about six or seven weeks of the season left I was going to say Jack Earing mm. and it is still a very close run thing but he, he just maybe petered out a touch towards the end of the season um, playing as a deeper midfielder you do get the sense he'd probably be a bit more effective further forward mm. um, yeah it, Liam Kinsella probably just edged it in the end um, and he got the supporters his vote um, and then yeah Carl Rushworth was player's player but those are the three really to separate okay. them well um, you've got to asking you give me, give me an answer <sighs> Come on. Uh, the Joe Edwards play of the season at Warsaw Football Club goes to... Liam Kinsella. Hey! Joe Edwards, young player of the season. Carl Rushworth, just now... now yeah, it's just, it's a by country mile. Yeah. The Joe Edwards, biggest disappointment of the season. Ash Taylor. Any care to expand? Well, he was gone after six months, but <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it just didn't work at all. Didn't work and at all. Didn't work at all. It no, and yeah, just uh, he's been like playing Warsaw fans up on Twitter as well a few times since. Oh, has he? Yeah, nah. Um, <laughs> okay, move on. The Joe Edwards goal of the season, not yourself, because obviously a couple yesterday. Um, Wilkinson against Newport by a mile. Yeah, def- definitely. Goal. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Go the on. Joe Edwards' best game of the season at home. Ooh, God. Bloody hell. Mansfield at home, probably, just ah. because um, we were kind of young and naive still mm. <laughs> it was still early on in the season and yeah it kind of felt like oh they, they might do something and obviously yeah. they didn't um, but yeah a couple of goals for Georgie Miller that day yeah yeah yeah. that, that was that was alright the Joe Edwards best I think I know this. the answer to this the Joe's best away game of this season Fiery Screen runs it close but Port Vale away yeah, yeah. gotta be aren't it gotta be yeah the Joe Edwards best pressed f- press food of the season. Ooh, well, there's not many contenders. No, you don't, I know, I know. Um, but you do get a free pie at Tranmere. I got one. Okay. Got one at Rochdale, which was mm. decent, actually. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Rochdale. Rochdale. Um, it was like a like a chicken balti pie and oh, yeah. chicken balti pie and coffee. Got a bit of a voucher for that. Get it from the kiosk. Um, yeah, yeah. That Rochdale, Spotland. Yeah. Spotland. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the best Joe Edwards service station stop of the season. <sighs> and, and what and what was what was purchased? Stopped up one a few weeks ago and that was good. I can't. Think I like a good. I like a good coming out of London. I like a good Beaconsfield services. What? Well, hold on. This might have been where I was coming from. Oh. It was. It was on the way back from Colchester. Okay. And it was on the. Is it the M11 that got through Cambridge, like Colchester Cambridge United, Way? Yeah. yeah. And there's that big like extra services, and you've got. We've stopped there before, Nathan. You bought me a KFC. Oh yes, I do remember that. Yes. Where was the? Where would that have been from? Brighton Cambridge, or Cambridge Services. Is that Cambridge? A fourteen, A eleven. Yeah. Is it that? Is that the big extra or whatever? Yeah, the big called? extra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a. I had, what did I have from there? That it was. That was the last away game. I've got it on website, mate. And I had. Um, it weren't a burrito. They've got Leon. They've got Nando's. What's the Mexican one? Uh, um, it, El Mexicana. El Mexicana. Hey, that's, that's it. chosen a, noodle. They've got I, everything going on. Yeah, I had a burrito, uh, like a big burrito from there the, the, the other week. That oh, was good. Pretty, that was pretty decent. Oh, you I can't go wrong with that. Big burrito. We'd like the crisscross uh, chips and crisscross. Yeah, and a, and a can of pop. Yeah, that was that was decent. That satisfying. Was. Satisfied, yeah, like a big, like girthy burrito, yeah. Oh, it can't be a bit of big girth, mate. <laughs> Happy days. I think we'll finish the podcast there, shall we? No, we better go. We better, no, we better go on to some questions. Really? Let's go. Those are the Joe Edwards Awards for the uh, Alton's. There you go. Warsaw season. I think okay. I, I am planning on doing a collective player ratings. We've still got to add, add it all up, but be interested to see how that shakes out. But I was gonna, I was gonna do a Nathan Jude special um, Wolves end of season grade card, but <laughs> the way they finished it, Christ. I think I think I might leave that to Kino. Um, right, okay. Uh, here's some questions then. David Johnson says, "Well done, Joe." And oh no, he just said it's been amazing. That's no, right, yeah, yeah. They're not all questions. There, there, no. there are there are some just saying thank you. And and again, we really appreciate you. We thank do, you we do much. appreciate it. We do appreciate it. Hemo says, um, "Be good if they could get somebody from the club on the podcast next season." Yes, we've been trying to do that. <laughs> maybe when things go a bit better on the pitch, maybe some people want to speak. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, who would you make captain next season? And should Warsaw fans be optimistic next season with Flynn in full control? Now Fordson's gone, so we kind of answered the, the yeah. last part of that question. But who would you make captain next season, Joey? Do you think it's someone in the club, or do you think it's someone to come in? I think it'd be somebody within. Okay. That is my that's my inkling. But I would give it to Kinsella. Hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if Donovan Daniels is captain. No. Um, so we'll see how that happens. But the way Donovan Daniels speaks, when we get a chance to chat to him, it is it is a treat. He, honestly, he's he's um, really well spoken. Like as you know, not just footballer speak, but he you know he comes across as really kind of educated, really eloquent. In the way that he speaks, I mean, you know, he, he could have a probably, you know, after football, he could go into public speaking or something like that. Or he, he, 
you know, he, I think he mentioned to one of the radio lads, you know, he'd happily do a bit of that if he was out injured or whatever, you know what I mean? But he's he's a really good talker and you, you get the sense he's a real dressing room leader as well. So, um, obviously, he's been, been snapped up on a two-year contract. He's staying around and kind of hinted that he's been, you know, kind of fling, feels he'll be a big part of things. So, um, you know, if he... Don's the captain's armband on that first day of next season. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but I, I would lean to giving it Kinsella. I think, obviously, he's shown his Walsall um, through and through. And, and Flynn loves him as well, which who can blame him? You know, he, how can you not like him? And um, But, yeah, be between those two with the current crop. But we'll see if somebody comes in and uh, surprises us. Right, here we go. Nick Etheridge says, uh, Thank you for this season, Joe. The best Express and Star reporter we've had in my memory. Uh, oh, lovely! Astonishing, astonishing. I think though he's, you know, Neil loses his memory every every six months. So you know, so let's, don't uh, don't get too carried away. No. We've, and we've had some good ones. Um, he says, in your opinion, do you think Lee Pomlet is doing a good job? Yeah, I, I think he'll admit it himself that there's, there's there's been mistakes along the way. I think he can see his arts in the right place, um, and he's adamant about getting this free old, mm. and I think that he's. You know where he's, he's. You know he said that I will not rest until that happens, and that will be my legacy. And if he, if that is his legacy, then I think he can look back and say, right, you know, he he he, he lived up to his promise. Um, it, I don't think he'd have wanted wanted to have been through as many managers that he's been through. He, he said himself he would. He just wanted stability. Um, hopefully, um, he provides that now. He 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 wasn't. Walking into a um, a club that was kind of ready to be successful, of course, they were fresh off relegation and and coming in and inheriting that situation. It was always going to take a bit of time. It probably took a bit longer than he would have liked, and the last couple of seasons have been, you know, really underwhelming. Um, but hopefully, if you ask me that question again this time next year, uh, can have a concrete answer and say, yeah, you, you know, and. Um, and we can be looking back on a on a successful year, and who knows? Maybe the the free old will be kind of sorted by then, or close. You know, kind of very close to doing it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, um, he also says he can confirm that Neil Etheridge is no relation to him, and my father has spent zero time in the Philippines. That is always important to clarify. <laughs> uh, let's have a look. What else have we got? Cracking listening in times of darkness. I like that. Oh. Uh, do you think Flynn will move on any contracted players, and who doesn't fancy who doesn't he fancy of the remaining squad? Um, yeah, I think there will be a few. Um, yeah, just because they're contracted doesn't mean that they're going to stay. Um, again, whether there'll be a, a huge amount of suitors uh, for some of those players, then maybe not. But if you know if somebody comes in with a reasonable offer. Um, Touched on that those few earlier. Um, Keenan, to be fair, I've always liked him when I've seen him, and he does a lot of great off the field work as well. He's really bought into the area mental health campaigner. You know, he, he's he's a good lad. He's always been on, on his player on the pitch as well. Just whether position wise, he really fits in. If he's if they're going to play a three five two long term, um, I don't think he's really one of a front two, and I don't think he's really a wing back either. So. It's a question of whether he fits in, to be honest, in that long-term idea. Um, 
Rodney hasn't had a good time since he's come in. He, there's no other way of saying it. Do feel a bit sorry for him because he was signed injured and he's been playing catch up ever since. Mm. Um, but equally, you know, he's probably had a bit of time now to dust that off and just on those substitute showings has just looked out of sorts really. Mm. So mm. and then, and then many essay and you know kind of getting taken off after what was it seventeen minutes against against Orient. Yeah, you know when that whenever something like that happens to a player, it, it kind of rings alarm bells. So. Those are three players that you do wonder about, but equally, you know, there they, they, they could there could be others. You know, it, it, football, anything can happen, can't it? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but uh, ju- just because they're all contracted, I don't expect all the contracted players to remain at the club. To be honest, I think no. naturally a few will move on in in one way or another. And finally, one of the most important questions we've had, I think, all season um, in the in the in the in the pod. So yeah, it's nice yeah. that we kind of finish with this. Is, Come on, is, then, let's let, let's finish it off in in, in style. It, well, it's a big it's a big one, and so you know you might have to take diddly, it in two diddly, or three diddly, different diddly, parts. Um, George has said, uh, "What's your ideal takeaway for me? Chinese is overrated." Did you did you hear my um, millionaire music then? Oh, was that a middle? I just thought it was just some random diddly 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 doom doom lighting. See if you've gone. Boom, boom. Uh, boom, boom. Oh, yeah. Mm. What was the question? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go on. Uh, what's your ideal takeaway for me? Chinese is overrated, he says. Ooh, Chinese is overrated. I mean, I you have to find Chinese. the right, cheap, right Chinese. You can't just have any Chinese. No, you cannot. And for me, if you're going to have a proper banquet Chinese, yeah, you've got to have a starter of crispy duck and pancakes, right? Okay. Before you even going on to the main event, whether whether it be a a beef chow mein or chicken balls or pork balls with sweet and sour, you know, it's for me it's delicious. But I must admit, and and this is topical actually because we are we are going to an establishment on Friday for our for our end of season sport to do, um, organised by. Mr. Joe Edwards. I, I regret organising that. <laughs> I don't know how you got roped into that one, <laughs> mate, to be honest. I, I willingly did it. I, just bloody absolute idiocy. Oh, mate, mate. <laughs> you, do, you don't want to have to be organising the bloody no. shit show that is there, our reporter. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we're going to an Indian. I've really got into Indian recently, so have, yeah. I, I would mm. have to be, it would have to be up there. But um, I, I would say if I could have anything, and this, is, this, this will definitely be um, not... Well, I'll get I'll get run out of the job. But I do like a sushi. Yeah, it's not yeah. doing it for me. No, no. no but I, Chinese I, I, is up there. I, I like a I'm Chinese. I'm not a pizza guy. I, I'm not I really can pizza only guy. order from the Chinese when I go to my mum's because mm. they don't deliver it to us, and they are, you know it's a three mile radius or whatever, mm. so we can only order it from my mum's. But that you have once you found your Chinese, Chinese yeah. is a good gig. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you know, if you got the right Chinese, good Chinese. I mm. like a Domino's, and I like. Do you? Yeah, I do like a. I do like a pizza. What you, what's your go-to toppings? Be careful here. So okay, so we tend to go for like the big belly buster, whatever it is. What's that? So no, it's, it's not, sausage it's like, on there. Is it's not called the big belly buster. That's oh. just what we call it. Oh, okay. Um, but I go for a large pepperoni passion. Oh, I like pep. Yeah. Um, then just a got garlic pizza bread on the side. Ooh. Um, a portion of chicken strippers. Oh, God. 
and um, four Domino's cookies. What? Four? What? Wow! And you finish that? You see all that off? Not myself. Me and me and Sav. That's and a good effort. That. How many cookies are you having there? Two or three? Two, two each. Is it though? It's two each. How many chicken dippers? Is it all for me? It, so there's there's seven chicken strips. They're like goujons, you know what I mean. Mm. So mm. there's like seven of them. So you have chicken three, nuggets. three and a half of them each. Now nah, they're now nah, they're more like a Finger. like a chi- like a chicken tender. Okay. If, if, if you know in your American or used to world. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, seven of them. You got four cookies. You've got a, a, a garlic pizza bread split into four, so you get two slices of that each, and then you've got. Five slices each of pizza. Or for 250 calories. How much is that setting you back? Some sort of deal. It's a deal. deal. It's about like £23, I think. £23, that's not bad, is it, to be honest? Yeah, but you, and you can do it in a way, instead of the cookies, you can have a big bottle of pop. Oh. But I bet we, you can't move afterwards. Oh, I can. <laughs> I, can, I, can <laughs> I can have it again. Oh, my God, Christ. But on the way back from uh, the awful, just after the match, I had a, had a Burger King. Did you? Yeah. You need thought, to re- rehydrate, mate. Yeah, I thought, I've, I've ran about it for too long, I need. <laughs> I need some sustenance, uh, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I need a whopper. I need a whopper, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, you know, last one of the season, so just to let you know, uh, we're going to go on a little, little, little mid-season break now, um, throughout June, and uh, we'll be back... Very early July, when things will obviously have a lot to discuss. Um, there'll yeah. be a lot, of mo- a lot of comings, a lot of goings, um, and, and we'll take you through pre-season into into the start of the uh, of the League Two season. Before that, and we're, we're going to be recording. Uh, hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, at the um, at the at, at the Bescot at um, the Poundland next Bescot week. Stadium. Poundland Poundland Bescot Stadium. That's right. Um, I'll get I'll get I'll get it right by the end of next season. Um, we're going to be recording there, doing some positional reviews of the season. Yeah. Uh, next week, so that will be you can enjoy a, a weeks full of videos um, in the not too distant future as well. Um, from my point of view, I'd like to say that I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed hosting this one. It's been nice uh, to continue doing uh, podcasts with Mr. Edwards. So again, we'll be doing bi-weekly. I think um, maybe a few special ones uh, depending on uh, how well they're doing next season. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. The most important thing because we've doubled the amount of listeners this season, which I think says yes! everything to the the supporter base Come on. of um, of people listening. And you know, d- you know, even throughout the the dark times, like they say, what was that? What was that? Um, cracking listening times of darkness. That was my favourite phrase of the podcast. <laughs> but to, to be, for people to be listening and to, to have doubled the people, you know, listening in now at the end of the season or throughout the season that there were, you know, prior and probably in more successful campaigns is great. And uh, and hopefully you will we'll, we'll get that up to into the thousands next year. And I think you will need a bit of success on the pitch there because it's been a success off it uh, with yes. you, Mr. Joe Edwards. So it's been a pleasure. So so from my point of view, uh, fabulous. And uh, and Joe. You'll be there next season, won't you? I know there's been a lot of um, moving and moving about with Warsaw reporters, but uh, you will be here. You can confirm you will be here next season. I am planning to be here next season. I Boom. don't know of any other different. There you go. And that's another it. three mini Edwards. You'll have four kids by the end of it, won't you? Start Maybe. You never know. You never know. What a, what a crazy world we live in. Four kids, three wives, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and a lifetime a lifetime documentary series following you around, mate. Yeah, there we go. The uh, uh, lifestyle. <laughs> Been a pleasure, everyone. And like I say, look out for those videos in the next couple of weeks. And uh, like I said, we'll see you in, in July. From me, from Joe, have a great weekend. Have a great summer holiday. Take care. Bye-bye.